How are y'all doing? We do have a we do have a service on Christmas Day. I cannot imagine. I know a lot of churches will uh, cancel, like Happy Birthday Jesus, no service. <laughs> happy Birthday Jesus, sorry your party's so lame. <laughs> like so, uh, but we I can't imagine us doing that. I know it's convenient for uh, for you. Please, please don't skip out on Jesus. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. If you can't make it, you can't make it. It's fine. You, if your presents are just more important to you than Jesus, then whatever, you know. Uh, you just d- deal with that between you. <laughs> uh, hey, no, just one service. Uh, one one-hour service. It's going to be quick. One one-hour service. All right? And presents for all. Donuts. All right. Donuts. donuts. <clears throat> anyway, actually, I, can we, how are we going to get donuts on Christmas Day? They're probably not open. I know that the uh, Chinese buffet is open. So... Yeah, we're getting, we're already way off track. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Hey, so y'all will know, uh, is Larry in here? Larry? Hey, uh, this week, after years of trying, um, not because he failed or anything, but after years of working through their process, Larry got his ministerial license through Foursquare. Isn't that great? Yeah, so Larry is now a licensed Foursquare pastor, and he can he can now do weddings and funerals and... Yeah, and all the other things that pastors do. I don't know what that is, but but it's cool because sometimes people ask me, hey, can you uh, can you do our wedding? I'm like, no, I don't like you. So uh, I can make Larry do those. So that's <laughs> great. Like, I can say, Larry, that's yours. So anyway, um, at, going through this past week, I hope that you took some time out and really thought about the things you're thankful for. Um, one of the things that I'm most thankful for in life is you guys, is our church. Our church is so great. Um, I, I, I just... I feel so blessed to be able to serve you guys and to be able to uh, to be in ministry with you guys. And so um, I can tell you our future is bright. Like we have a lot, a long way to go. We know that the Lord has set us here uh, for a purpose. And I know that you guys are like all in with that. And I'm so like so happy uh, that I get to be part of that. So um, t- today we are going to finish John chapter 8. Huh? I've only been in John chapter 8 for about uh, six months or so, um, so it hasn't really been that long, but uh, next week we're going to start a Christmas series. For four weeks, we're going to talk about uh, how God is with us. He's with us in the, in the desert times. He's with us in, the, in our times of joy. He is always, always with us, and it's going to be great. Uh, please bring people to that. I never tell people, I feel like it's automatic, look, something with this microphone, it's me? It could be. could be. It, you know, we went through all the practice, like, and I, I walked around when I wasn't preaching, and I talked, and then the mic never had a problem. Satan. <laughs> the devil's in our microphones. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to. For those of you that didn't hear, she just said, are you vaccinated? Uh, yeah, it's the, put a magnet on my arm or something. Yeah, y'all are silly. And we're going to talk about the conspiracy theories y'all believe in in just a few minutes, okay? So anyway, Christmas series. I never tell you guys to invite people because I assume that you would want to invite people. But hey, invite people. Okay. All right. So y'all are like, all my friends are already here. That's sad. <laughs> oh, man. 
So John chapter 8, let me give you a little background. Uh, Jesus is teaching in the temple. Uh, some people are starting to believe, and like some of the people start to believe, and some of the people just like to argue with him. Uh, the ones who started to believe, Jesus says, in order to be my disciple, you have to abide in my word. And uh, in our culture, a lot of people believe, look, I'm a Christian because one time I said a prayer. I, I prayed a prayer, and because I prayed a prayer, now I'm a Christian. And that's the, been the extent of their relationship with God is that one time they prayed a prayer. The prayer, praying a, a magic prayer, um, rubbing the magic lamp and saying a, a, a spell, that doesn't get you saved. That's, that's not what it is. Jesus says, you abide in me. You abide in my word. And it's learning for us as Christians, learning to continue in his word. A Christian is a follower of Christ. If you have me on Facebook this week, I posted a post about how important church is. And, and you know, you can't be a Christian and not go to church. You can't say you're a follower of Jesus and then not go where Jesus goes, right? Yeah, y'all yeah, all have been to church at least once in your life. I'm 100% sure because you're here right now. And this is... Anyways, a follower of Christ... Is, uh, is someone, I mean, a Christian is, a, is someone who follows Christ and you continue in his word and he says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so they're like, what are you talking about free? My father is God and your father is the devil. That's what Jesus says. My father is God and your father is the devil. Can you imagine like Jesus writing a how to make friends book? It's like, this is what you do. You tell everybody that their father's the devil. Like Jesus is not great at making friends, but you know what's cool is he always spoke the truth. No matter what, always spoke the truth. And, and the truth hurts. Like the truth oftentimes isn't going to be attractive to people who are just dead set and continuing in their way, right? Like we've all seen that. So Jesus doesn't teach us great ways to make friends. But anyway, so John chapter 8. This is all the way to the end of the chapter. I'm going to read it all. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? I've read that a thousand times, and every time I'm like, can you imagine Jesus just stops and says, yep. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, hey, if you ever are reading your Bible, and you see truly, truly, I say to you, or sometimes it'll say verily, verily, I say unto thee, um, if you see that, you need to stop and you need to pay attention to what he says after. That means, hey, look, hey, pay attention. He's like reaching out and slapping you. Hey, look, psh, psh, listen to this. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself? Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar, just like you. <laughs> but I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly. I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. We're going to talk about I am in a minute. I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus slipped away because he's sneaky. All right, y'all ready? 
So the Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you're a Samaritan? For the Jews, this was the absolute worst thing they could call him. When my daughter was, uh, she was about 18 months, now. she's about two years old, and she got in trouble for something. And so when I was like, hey, you cannot do that. And she was so mad. She's like, <sighs> and the only thing she could think of, the worst word she knew, she's like, liar. Like the liar was the worst name she could call me. And that's how the Jews here, the worst thing they could possibly think of to call Jesus was Samaritan. The Jews hated the Samaritans, absolutely hated. The Samaritans were a race. I'm going to give you a little history. The Samaritans were a race of half Jews. And when the Assyrians moved the foreigners into the land after occupying, they mixed after occupying it, they mixed the races. And the Samaritans also developed a different kind of perverted Judaism. They took the word of God and they they changed it around and they took many of the truths and they changed the names and the places so that they were God's chosen people instead of the Jews. And Nehemiah, uh, at this time, Nehemiah was rebuilding the city of Jerusalem and Nehemiah kicked out one of the priests because they, they had completely gone off the rails. And he had married a daughter of Sanballat, who was a, a Horonite. He was a bad guy. Um, and he was not a Jew. And so Sanballat, the governor of Samaria, took his son-in-law Eliashib and built a temple for him on, on Mount Gerizim and set him up the son of, the, his son-in-law as a priest. He took the word of God and he perverted it and mixed it up. And he says, look, that's not the right way. The Bible's not the right way. The right way is the way we're doing it. Don't we see very similar things in our society? They say, look, that's not the right way. This is the right way. The, the Bible, that's an old antique book. That is like far, like that's, that's, all, that's past. It's kind of like the way our culture looks at the Constitution. It's like, oh, that's an old document that's past. Oh, I forgot to give you all this announcement. I'm so sorry. Here's another announcement. On Wednesday this week, we are going to watch... A, a video of this guy who is a uh, he's a pastor and he's a constitutionalist and he teaches how the the Bible a lot of people think that the the Constitution is a secular document a strictly secular document it is not the the Constitution is full of Bible references it is an inspired document because of the inspired Word of God our country was founded on Christian and biblical principles. You have not been taught that in schools. We and and so on Wednesday, trust me, look, I'm getting fired up right now thinking about it. Like I'm about to like, I don't know, pull out a gun or something. Shoot. Like, I don't know what we're gonna do. So anyway, uh Come Wednesday, and we'll, we'll watch the video together. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll have conversation about it, but it's really, really good, okay? All right? All right, good. So um, so the culture, what the culture, our culture has done is they've, they've, taken, uh, they've taken biblical truths, and they say, look, we don't need to live like that. The Bible's an old document that's not, it's no longer relevant. We've moved on. We've progressed. We've evolved as a society, and it's just not true. Did you know, I just watched the video, so it's like all fresh in my mind. You know how long the average for, constitutions have been written for, for hundreds of different countries. You know how long the average constitution lasts? 17 years. 17 years. Our constitution has been around for 234 years. Big deal. And it's an inspired word, it's because it's an inspired word of God. So, the, I want to be clear, the constitution is not the Bible. The Bible is the Bible, Okay. So if you if you find where it contradicts, then go with the Bible. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys are making me uncomfortable. 
The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you're a Samaritan and a demon? And then Jesus is like, oh, you got me. <laughs> yep, I'm a demon. Guys, pack it up. We got to go. No, no. He said having a demon at this time, you know, having a demon meant that they were insane, that they're crazy. So um, in John 10, it says many of them said he has a demon and he is insane. Why should we listen to him? They always call prophets crazy. All throughout the, the Bible, that every single time a prophet stands out and does the right thing and speaks the truth, they always call them crazy. In our culture, anyone who does not toe the line and say everything that the narrative says is crazy. Like, we're all crazy. Look, some of y'all are crazy. I need to be very clear. Some of y'all believe in some of these conspiracy theories that are crazy. Mo, I'm just talking to Mo only. Um, but some <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but it's there are things that that we conspiracy theorists, and I'm not one. I think I'm one. I I don't want to be one, but sometimes I'll see something. I'll be like, well, that doesn't look true. That doesn't feel true. That doesn't seem to be true. And then I'll start doing research. I'm like, oh, that's not true. And then everybody else is saying that it is true. The society, like the culture is saying it's true. The news is saying it's true. Like the, the mainstream media is saying it's true. It must be true. What? Am I crazy? Yes, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm a conspiracy theorist. And then a few months later, guess what? I was right the whole time. Like I wasn't crazy. They were crazy. Look at the laptop. Who's crazy? Okay. Anyway, man, that's on video. I got to edit that. Sorry, Internet world. Oh, man. In first service, I was like, oh, I can say whatever I want to say because it's not recorded. This one's recorded. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you have any power in the government, you know where I am. <laughs> Come and get me. <clears throat> oh, man. Many of you are in the same boat with the conspiracies, okay? And, and maybe they think you're crazy, and so they slander you. So how should we handle slander? Because you're going to be slandered. If you're not ever slandered, you have a problem. Like you're going along with everything and everything may not be true. It's not true. So a lot of people didn't say, like most people didn't say good things about Jesus. And and you may look back on, in, in history and say, look, I'm glad they, like if, if I was there, I would hope they weren't saying good things about me. They wouldn't say good things about you, hopefully. If they did say good things about you, then that means you were doing everything that they were okay with. And maybe that's not a good place to be because you want to be on the right side of history, right? Like we, we all do. So um, in, uh, in John 15, Jesus says this, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So it is expected that we are going to stand out. It is expected that it, it just kind of comes with the territory, right? Right. So, however, some of you Karens are like just you stirring it up for no reason. You're just being mean and angry at people. And you all you do is spew hate. And instead of instead of speaking truth in love, you don't always have to confront people. If you're always confronting people and you're always calling people out, even if they're blatantly wrong, people will stop listening to you. Have you ever heard the term choose your battles? Yes. 
you we all have heard that and and you need to choose your battles you can't just fight every single time you see something you can't just fight get off the internet like you stop arguing with people I don't know of a single person that has changed their political or ideological views because they got in an argument on Twitter. Like, I know zero people that that's happened to. But I ain't going to stop you from arguing. Like You're going to be the first, right? Like, it, you're going to do it. All your preaching and all your serving and all your loving won't produce anything good if you're always spewing it out. Okay? So you got to pick the times that you do it. In First Peter 4, 12 through 19. It says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fire trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs, or putting mean tweets, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name, for the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. If judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, that's uh, Proverbs 11, uh, in Proverbs 11, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Three things to do when you're slandered. And I hope and pray that you are slandered. Isn't that a good thing for your pastor to pray for you? God, I hope my people are slandered. I hope that the culture does not accept you, that you are standing adversely against what the culture is preaching, and that you are preaching truth and speaking truth and living out truth. And if you're doing that, the world will hate you just like it hated Jesus. And that is my prayer for you, that the world hates you. Are y'all with me? I feel like that should have got like some more like hearty amens, but you're like, amen, I guess. The first thing, don't be surprised. It's nothing new. It happened before. It'll happen again. Being slandered or persecuted can catch you off guard. And you get, when, you, when they come against you, you're like, why me? <laughs> like, it's not fair. Oh, please, if you're somebody that that, that, is, that phrase is in your vocabulary, please don't say it around me. Because I'm going to sit you down, and we're going to talk about how unfair it is. Did you know the, the average poverty level in the world is $1,000 a year? If you make more than $1,000 a year, then you are in the top percentages in the world. Most of you, every single one of you, is not in the poverty level of the world. So it's not fair. It's really not fair. It's not fair in the opposite direction that you meant it. So in 1 Peter 4, 12, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fire trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Like, oh, this is, I have it worse than everyone else. No, you don't. Like, you think you do because you only see yours. Like, the grass is always greener. You always think it's, it's better for someone else. It is not. Like, they have it bad, too. The second thing is rejoice. It should make us happy when we're persecuted for the right reasons. We shouldn't be happy about being persecuted for being a jerk. 
we shouldn't be happy about that. We shouldn't be happy when we're persecuted for, for breaking the law. And when we're persecuted simply because we're, uh, we're um, following Jesus, then we're in Jesus' company. And that means that we're doing things right. The church that I came from, we started doing a Saturday night service that, uh, that was mainly geared toward uh, young adults. And so we sent out this flyer. And on this flyer, we put this girl that had all these tattoos, and she had piercings, and she had short hair. And uh, the, the, our um, community started calling our church the lesbian church. There was nothing on that flyer that was like, oh, well, this girl's a lesbian. There was nothing at all. But everybody was like, that's the lesbian church. And we were like, yeah, send them. Like, yes, send them all here. Like, they need to know Jesus just like you do. Like, everyone is apart. If, if you have ever sinned, you are apart from God, period. No matter what the sin is. There's no, these, some of these people are not worse than others. Like, it's, that's just how it goes. And so we were known. You know, the people that get offended are the religious people. It's not the, the people outside of the, of, the, of the family of God that get offended. People that don't know Jesus don't get offended when churches do things like that. It's the people that are inside the churches, the religious people that get offended, right? Like, we've all seen this. He said, instead, be very glad for these trials. Praise God for the privilege of being persecuted. The third thing is trust God with the situation. I put this last because this is the hardest one. Um, we're Be very reluctant to take things into your own hands. It'll work out in your favor um, if you just give it to God and trust God. Don't we all know this in our minds? Like, we all know this. Like, oh, God, just take this, and then we never touch it again, right? No, we still continue to fight our own battles. And you know how strong you are on your own. In uh, 419, it says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep doing what's right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. In Romans 8, it says, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. If you look at David and Saul, when David was persecuted by Saul because uh, Saul was jealous of David, he had a couple of opportunities that he could have killed Saul, and he would have been perfectly within his rights. He could have killed Saul, and Saul was out to kill him, so there wouldn't have been anything wrong with him doing that, but he didn't, and in the end, God took care of Saul, and David was blameless. He was completely blameless, and so John 8, he says, uh, I do not have a demon, like he has to say that. He's like, Jesus answered them, I do not have a demon, stupid. What are you thinking? He says, I do not have a demon, um, Jesus completely ignores the Samaritan thing. And you know why he ignored the Samaritan thing? Because he loves the Samaritans. He, did, he wasn't like all of them. He didn't hate this group of people. He loved them and he would die for them, just like he would die for you and me now. It's, and it's, it's okay for us to answer uh, slander up to a point. But you didn't see Jesus stop doing what he was doing in order to, to protect his reputation. You can't protect your reputation. That's the hardest thing for us to say, well, God, I don't want people to think I'm that, so I have to defend my reputation. And you're like, nah, I don't really do that. Look, if somebody calls you a racist, you immediately, you'll stop everything you're doing because you're like, I don't want people to think I'm a racist. Sometimes you just have to let people think that you're a racist because you're a Republican. Right? I mean, some of y'all aren't Republicans. But... If you're a Republican, obviously you're a racist. And sometimes you just got to let people think the things. And when they think the things about you, you just say, God, please, you repair my reputation. You do it, God, because I can't do it. So he says, I do not have a demon. 
but I honor my father and you dishonor me. They're basically saying, look, Jesus says to them, look, your father is the devil. And they were like, I know you are, but what am I? Because they're really good at arguing. And, and they, uh, what, what we do is we make it worse and worse and worse by taking it into our own hands. We know this in our minds. But sometimes criticism will come against us. And look, here's a, here's a leadership lesson. I've been in leadership positions all throughout my life. And within, in Chick-fil-A, I was in leadership positions in ministry, in, in the community, in different businesses. This is a, a very important thing for you to understand. Listen to criticism. It doesn't matter. The source of the criticism does not matter. Listen to criticism. These people, rather than listening to, to the truth of what Jesus told them, responded with name-calling. And if, if the criticism of you is actually true, then it's going to do you very, very good to listen to that criticism and take it in. And then this is what I do every time I'm criticized. And believe me, guys, believe me, trust me. I am criticized a lot because sometimes I'll be preaching and I'll call everyone in the church a Republican. <laughs> and then people will send me emails and say, you said everyone was Republican and I'm not I'm like, shut up. Like, I don't say that, but for whoever's planning to email me, save it. I'm criticized a lot. And so whenever I'm criticized, this is honestly what I do. I will take it and I'll say, God, show me what's true here. And show me what's just this other person's ideas. And there has been so many times where I've had to just accept that I was way off. Like, I was way off. I've been way off a lot. I am wrong probably more than I'm right. And I hate to admit that. I don't need to amen on some of these things. So <laughs> in Proverbs 15, it says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Our pride gets in the way, and rather than admitting that we have a problem or that we're wrong, we get defensive and we make excuses, or we, we look at other people and we, like, attack them. Whenever somebody's correcting you and you're wrong, you still will turn and attack them. And you're like, you're a Samaritan. People are like, what? <laughs> What is that? One time, this guy, I was playing basketball at this park, and this guy was like, he kept saying, he kept using the Lord's name in vain, and he kept doing it over and over. And it was so much that I was like, oh, my goodness, dude, you have to stop. That's blasphemy. And he's like, I don't care if it's blasting you. <laughs> and I was like, it's, never mind. Yeah, it's blasting me. Quit. So, I think sometimes in order for us to, to grow like we should grow, we, we have to hear and accept a little word of correction. Not every day, but sometimes you just have to listen to the correction. And let me just tell you this. You know what the best source of correction for you is? Your spouse. And right now, see, look, a lot of times you're like, see, like you look at your spouse, you're like, see, I told you, you got to listen to me. Like that's, no, the, the best place is the people that know you best. And uh, and I don't know how y'all's marriage works, but in my marriage, I get corrected all the time, like all the 
time, all the time. So, John 8, yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. So, speaking of God the Father and and seeking, um, seeking to give glory and honor to the Son. And so, they're like, wait a minute, what do you mean never see death? In verse 24, he said, truly, truly, here it is again. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe I am he, you will die in your sins. He's talking about spiritual death. You will never experience spiritual death if you believe in the one that was sent, if you you will never have that that separation from God will cease to exist, not just for t- from to it'll be from today all the way for eternity. It'll be from the moment you you accept the payment that Jesus paid for your sins all the way to eternity. When you repent and you turn towards God all the way to eternity. And so we have life in him today. Always. So um, the Jews said, the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. It's like, now we know. And so Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? Yes. Yes, I am. And the prophets who died. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered him, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. So they're like, now we know you're crazy. If you if you are glorifying, he said, if I'm glorifying myself, it doesn't mean it's true. Don't toot your own horn. Listen, do you know people that are always talking about how good they are? Is it just me? I'm the only one that knows people like that. I know I know people that are always talking about how good they are. Politicians. Far be it from me to talk about politics, but politicians are always doing this. They're always if I was someone that wanted to run for office and I could not good I'm unelectable. Okay. So if, if but if I were running for office now, I would say nothing at all about myself. This is what I would do. I would point at society and say, see, that's what you get. If you don't want that, vote for me. Because I'm gonna do nothing they did. I'm gonna do everything different. But what politicians do even the ones that are trying to make America great again, they, what they do is they, they talk about how great they are, and they just they continually, continually talk about how great. In Proverbs, it says, Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. It's so much, when someone else builds you up, it's so much better than you building yourself up. If you want to know what that feels like, this is the best way for you to have that feel, feeling. Have Todd introduce you to someone else? Has Todd ever introduced any of you to someone else? He's like a Lego master builder when he does this, okay? He's, he finds the connections from that person to you, and he, like, puts them all together, and it, it makes you feel so good because he's like, all right, hey, this person also likes to play disc golf. You're like, how, how did you find that out about, like, how did that come up? And it's like, it's, it's amazing. It's so when you have someone else building you up, it's so much better than building yourself up. And 2 Corinthians 10, 18, it says, For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. God's approval on your life will be shown in the fruit 
of your life. It will be shown in the way that it's lived out and the effect that your life has on other people's lives, right? Your own life's deeds will speak for themselves, and you don't have to say, look how great I am. The, one of the worst things that, like, it just gets me is when people are praying, and they're like, God, remember that time that I, I was so good, and I remember when I, last week, and it's in the group, it's the worst. Like, Lord, you know that I, I, I led 14 people to Jesus this past week, and, uh, and you blessed me so much by giving me that new car that has the leather interior, and it's, it's just this brag, and it's like, shut up. Like, shut up. It drives me bananas. Like, when, when you pray and you're, you're bragging, you're doing this humble, it's not humble, brag in prayer, it's so sickening. Don't build yourself up. And John 8 says, Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. Don't honor yourself. That word honor is doxuzo. And doxuzo means, uh, means to praise, to honor, to make glorious, to adorn with luster, to clothe with splendor. And if you meet people that are doing that about themselves, it's like you don't want to be around them. And it's, it's really hard to wait for God's approval for your life because you've been trained in our society to get the reward right now. And that's not how it works. That's just not how it works. If, you're, if you trust God and he, that he is going to do what he says he's going to do, you do the good things and then you just wait. And if you don't get to see it this side of heaven, you'll get to see it in heaven. Faux show, right? So um, the, the Gipper said this, there is no limit to what a man can do uh, or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. Man, that's President Ronald Reagan. That is like a, a great quote because if you don't care, that's why our church works. Because our church works because I'm not trying to get, if anything, I'm making sure I don't get credit. Because I stand up here every week and I tell you all how dumb I am and how terrible of a sinner I am. And uh, it's the reason our church works is because every part of the body if it does its part and it doesn't care, and you guys are great at this, you don't care who gets the glory. You want God to get the glory. You don't care who gets, like, if people notice that you, we have people that come in here and clean the church, and they don't do it so that anybody will pat them on the back. They do it because they love the church. They do it because they love you, and they want you to come into a building that smells good, and it's clean, and you don't have to worry about the mud that all those kids, those stupid kids tracked in everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere, and, uh, your kids aren't stupid. Some most of your kids aren't stupid. So, um, so anyway, John eight. Uh, but you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. Drop the mic. So, uh, but I do know him, and I keep his word. This is look. This is when I I told y'all this a bunch of times. But I like to put myself there, and I imagine that when Jesus said, "Look, if if I said I didn't know him," then I'd be a liar just like you. I imagine all the disciples going, oh, like that's that would be like, that's how I would be if I was there. So it goes on. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham. Abraham lived 2000 years before this, this, before Jesus said this. And so uh, to the Jews, when they turned 50, they stopped serving in the synagogue and they would actually go out and they would, they would preach. They would just pour out their all of their knowledge and all of their giftings, and they would they would do turn to counseling instead of the work of the church. And so Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, 
I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and he went out of the temple. The I am. This is such a huge, huge, huge deal. The I am. In Exodus 3, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So what does this phrase, this I am, because um, we see this as God is God is timeless. He does not exist within our time. God is always in the now. So I am means he currently is, and he currently was and is, currently is in the was. In all of our past, he still is. And uh, he exists outside of time dimension, and he's, he's presently existing in the past and the, and the present and the future, and all at the same time. In Revelation 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who, who is to come, the Almighty. The I am is, is most often found in the form of the Hebrew consonants of YHWH. And we know this, like we would say this as Yahweh. Yahweh. So we add the vowels to Yahweh. And to the Jews, this name Yahweh was so holy that they would not say it. So what they would say, they replaced it in the scripture on top of Yahweh. They would put the, the name of the Lord, which is Adonai, and because they would not say Yahweh. And our English translations, if you are looking your Bible and you see the, the word Lord in all caps, that means that the word Yahweh was there. So as you're reading through the Bible and you recognize, uh, next time you're reading and you, and you see that, L-O-R-D in all caps, that means Yahweh. So um, he tells us that, that this underlying Hebrew name of God. So um, uh, what does Jesus mean then? He's claiming that he is, the, he is to be the I Am, that he is, uh, he is the God of Israel. He is currently, he is saying, I am Yahweh. And this is what made them so mad. It wasn't that he was telling them that their dad is the, is the devil. Um, Jesus has been saying the same thing all along. He's been preaching the same message all along. But right in this moment, it becomes really, really clear. The Greek, word, um, that's, the Greek words translated I am or ego ami. And ego ami is, he said it a few more times in the Bible. And if you look at it and read it that way, he said to them when they're, we talked about this for weeks, but um, when they're rowing the boat, the disciples are rowing the boat, and they see Jesus in this middle of this storm, they see Jesus walking out on the water. And they say, whoa, it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I am. He's saying, I am. Like, it's me, guys. I, I am. I'm Yahweh is here. And he's like, do not be afraid. Like, it's me. I'm here. And in uh, 24 earlier, he says, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. The word he is, is added. It's not in the Greek. And so if you read it the right way, he said, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am that Yahweh is here. Unless you believe, you will die in your sins. And this is the verse. This is the, the one that if we grasp that Jesus is the great I am, Jesus is the way, the only way, that th these people that were listening to this, they finally got the message. And that's why they picked up the stones, the, the stones to, to kill Jesus because they were like, wait a minute, you're not just arguing here. You're literally saying that you are God because he is. He is, and he's the only one that can save us. The only one. They're not, they're not wanting to stone him because they're offended. They're wanting to stone him because he's saying, I'm God. And so do you get that message? Like, do you understand that Jesus is Lord over all? When you, when, 
Like we say, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. Jesus is Lord. I know that. What about whenever you decide to take your life into your own hands and you start to try to fix things? You're not going to fix them. You're going to make them worse. And then at some point, because you're a good little Christian, you're going to turn it back over to him. But how much more are you going to mess it up before you turn it back over to him? Stop it. Run at him because he is the great I am. He is the one that is that stands over all of your circumstances and he can deliver you from the worst of circumstances where you see that there is no way. He has a better way than even you could ever imagine because he's good and he loves you. Amen. God, we thank you so much for your loving kindness. We thank you for the way that you just, you just lavish out love on us because you're so good, God. And we worship you We worship you because you are worthy of worship of every part of our life. You're worthy of us laying it down for you. We thank you that you are the great I am, that you are the one that stands over every one of our circumstances, and you are waiting for us to grab a hold of your hand so that we can be delivered. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday, America.